0: They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. You're
1: listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com.
0: Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. My name is
2: Clay Newcomb and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bears. This is a very special episode of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast that I doubt that I will ever be able to replicate with another guest. I had the opportunity to sit down with Ori Lee Province of Crawford County, Arkansas. Ori is 91 years old. His name is Ora Lee Province, but he goes by Ori. I got to sit down with Ori. I've known Ori for about 10 years or so. And I was introduced to him because of the legend that he was in the region that he deer hunts, because of some deer that he killed back in the 1960s. And so I went and did a story for a regional Arkansas hunting magazine about Ori Province and the two big bucks that he killed in 1965 on public land in the rugged Ozark Mountains. Ori is a unique man today because of the life that he's lived. Ori was born in 1927 back in the same hollow that he now, he still lives in. And basically, he's lived off the land his whole life, from logging to chicken farming to growing tomatoes. Ori has, has managed to never have to get a job in town except for a short time in 1954. Ori is an old-school human, and I really have just a special place in my heart for guys like him. I, I think growing up in Arkansas, I don't, I don't know if it was my dad or if it was, I believe it was a combination of things, but my dad definitely had a lot of respect for these old mountain men. And so I, I just had a respect for, for these caliber of men. And so I went and, and just had a conversation with Ori that you're going to enjoy. I think the context will help you understand, Ori, the, the Ozarks, anthropologists say, were culturally and geographically isolated until the 1970s when infrastructure and technology really reached this rugged part of Arkansas. Ozark Mountains are an uplifted plateau that basically cover an area that's probably, mm, I don't know how many square miles it is, but probably 100 miles north and south by probably 300 miles east and west. And the infrastructure, the highway infrastructure of the Ozarks was there were no interstates there was no major commerce in the region and basically it was a culturally and geographically isolated region and still is to some degree today and ori they got electricity in 1948 he told me that's not on the podcast they didn't get telephones back in there until the 1970s and to this day they still don't even have rural water where he lives they live off wells and for the for the amount of wilderness that we have in Arkansas he lives back about as far as you can get for Arkansas he lives back in some of the most rugged steep bluffy rocky roughest places that we have and uh Ori still lives back in there with his wife and you're going to enjoy this conversation with my friend Oralee Province. As a side note, we never specified how big these deer were that Ori killed. We talk about them and you'll see pictures of them on the posts about this podcast, but the first deer that Ori killed scored 165 inches. I scored that deer myself. The second deer has double drop times and scored 186 gross inches. So for the Ozarks, those are incredible deer if they were killed today. And in 1965, deer like that in this region of the country were basically unheard of. Guys, I'm going to do you a favor and you can do me a favor. Check out a subscription to Bear Hunting Magazine at our website, bear-hunting.com and use the promo code BHM5. That's BHM5. For five dollars off a new subscription on checkout. What? I I saw my arrowhead. Oh, you may have out here. here. Hey, Come here. how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fire, I guess. Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. Hello Miss Mary, how are you? you? Hi there. Hi. This is my youngest son, Shepherd. I don't think he's ever been over here before. No, I don't have seen him before, anyway. Come around and have a seat here. How are y'all doing? Doing pretty good.
3: Excuse the floor, I was in the middle of vacuuming, but I ain't got all done, so don't worry about the house.
2: Oh, this is great. This is great. Just have a seat there. Hey, that's your chair. I
1: know, I'm right here is mine.
2: Okay. I'm rolling this one. Well... (laughs) Do you know what a podcast is? A what? A podcast. Don't (laughs) guess. I do. So what I wanted to do today is just record a podcast, which all a podcast is is it's a it's just it's like a radio show, but it's on the internet and it's not live. So everything we do, I mean, it'll I'll put it up later after I edit it and stuff. Have you ever heard of a podcast, Miss Mary?
3: Well. My brother is talk about so he's quite a radio man he's okay. talk about stuff like that but Yeah yeah we don't have, I don't know what you use well, for, it Well
2: it's people listen to it on their phones Oh yeah, yeah. No I I just wanted to kind of get a general kind of life story of of you and kind of living out here in the Ozarks Yeah and uh, and also I wanted to talk to you about those big bucks that you killed back in I guess 1965, I but, yeah. but kind of to hear too about some of your earliest memories of hunting and how hunting culture, of this region, you know, kind of how you grew up hunting and what you grew up doing, but, yeah. but I'll ask you kind of some specific questions that kind of, kind of lead you in and then we'll just have a conversation. Yeah. Okay. But now go ahead and tell me when, when you were born and kind of just about your childhood, you were you were talking to me about how your dad had chores set out for all the kids and what you had to do. So, when were you born, and, and what was what was your childhood like? Well, I was born uh, June the tenth, nineteen twenty seven,
4: mm.
1: and uh, I grew up. And we we moved uh, from the mountain down to across the hollow here where I live in uh twenty nine and uh then we i went to school two weeks at Winfrey now
2: know? where where you were born right here close somewhere I was born uh up on the mountain here about uh a uh,
1: mile and a half okay from where I'm at so you weren't born in a hospital no 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 <laughs> they was not one of us living children born in
2: the hospital yeah. the one. and so so you were born up here and then then uh we
1: moved down here and 29, then we moved back to the mountain. I went to school down here at Winfrey two weeks, and we went back to the old home place. That was my mother's uh, dad's place. He homesteaded it from the United States government. Mm. And I've still got the deed. Is that right?
2: Yep. Now, what year did he homestead it? Uh, I can't recall right off, but. Would have uh, been in the mid 1800s, probably? It, it was in the 1800s sometime. Now, were your grandparents alive? Were they a part of your life as you were a kid? No. Okay. Just my grandmothers all. Yeah. You know, part of, to me, when I think about, you know, here it is, 2019. You were born in 1927. So how old are you? you, Does that make you 91? I'm 91. I'll be 92 in June. Okay. So if you think of, you know, thinking of someone that lived in the 1800s, seems so long ago but you knew people that were born in the 1800s i mean the mid-18 i mean like your grandparents would have been born in the i don't know when i
1: think i'm not too sure but i believe my grandmother's born in 18 and uh uh either 30 something
4: or
2: 50 something Huh. So she was born maybe even in the eighteen, probably wait, wait, in the eighteen fifties. You can figure it out.
1: She died nineteen thirty
2: five. Okay, and uh, she was eighty one when she died. Okay, okay, yeah. So probably the eighteen fifties. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah. you think about the the changes in lifestyle and technology from when your grandmother, a woman that you knew, and to now. I mean, it just it's incredible. I mean, even the lifespan. I mean. There's no humans that have really, in the history of humanity, that really have experienced that kind of development in technology, you know? Right. Incredible. Yeah. but Yeah. So how many brothers and sisters did you have? I had uh, five brothers and five sisters. So 11
1: kids. Right. And uh, the oldest one died, but that would have made 12.
2: Three and younger than me. Okay, okay. So you you were you were towards the end there, yeah, right. <laughs> and now you told me your dad had chores set out for you guys that you had to do. Tell me about that. Well, uh, when I was just a small like boy, I
1: was about nine years old or something like that. I always get up morning, build fire, and had uh, it a going, and and uh, then I went and fed the team and uh, mules mules yeah, yeah. and I harnessed them yeah and uh come back in 1936 I was nine years old 1936 uh we got our first radio
2: first radio first radio
1: and I listened to the old red Ricardo family and and uh Bill Monroe and Charlie Monroe there's together back then yeah and uh some of them old singers way back there
2: yeah a bunch of them that was a big deal listening to those old radio oh, programs. They, they wasn't was it?
1: good. They was good. Yeah. I like to listen at them yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now what did what were you what was your dad using the team of mules for? Well he we
1: worked in timber. That's how we made her
2: Worked in Timber.
1: We worked in timber and farmed a little. Okay. We had seven or eight, ten cows.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he was he was hauling logs off the mountain with these mules.
1: Oh yeah, right, skidding them and everything.
2: I'll be darn. Yep. So you grew up doing that.
1: That's what I done all of my life, just about it. Except later years, by I was going chickens.
2: Yeah. So they why did they use mules rather than horses for doing that? Do you know? Well, they're more sure footed. Yeah.
1: And uh, they I don't know, but of course they use horses too. Right. But uh, mostly mules.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So so your dad was a logger I mean back in these mountains right here.
1: Yeah. Making cross ties, hewing cross ties.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll be darn. Now where was the mill? Was it down where it is now? no, down the other side here. Okay. Yeah. So load up the cross ties on a wagon or load up the the just raw logs on a wagon. Take yeah. them down to the mill. They done the saw logs that way, and they sold fellers
1: and <laughs> spokes and all that stuff, you know. That, of course, that there goes no wagon wheels, you know. And a lot of them sold to Springfield Wagon Company.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll be darned.
1: Yeah. And made,
2: now, when did y'all wagon. start getting more modern uh, logging equipment? Like, you were a logger most of your life.
1: Well... That was
2: up in about 60. In the 1960s, you yeah, started uh, using mechanized equipment uh, for yeah, hauling logs? Right. Yeah, right. Really? Trucks and things, you know. I'll yeah. be darn. Yeah. So you were using mules and horses yeah, and everything was, until I the scared, 1960s. I was get a
1: man a log with the horse and mules.
2: Yeah. What kind of saws did you use? Like the two-man... The cross-cut saws. Cross-cut saws. Man, Do you yeah. have any of that old stuff still laying around? Yeah, yeah. Do you really yeah, I've got one up or two up here, really? Yeah. I'd like to see those all right uh, so what were your well give me give me just a little- like kind of a bigger glimpse of your life so born in nineteen twenty seven dad was a logger, and you grew up just you stepped right into the family business and just logged yeah. right with him yeah and uh... And then, so you did that until when, and and what other kind of occupations did you have? Well, my dad died in 44, but... uh, Okay. In uh, 41, while the World War
1: II broke out, and uh, my brothers, three of them went in service. Okay. And uh, I was the oldest one left at home. Okay, I took care of my mother and uh, my nephew and... uh, two sisters, and a bro-
2: brother. Brother. Hmm. Yep. So you were just, just a few years too young to be drafted into the war.
1: I was. I, I, I was, uh, when my dad died, I was 16. Okay. And uh, when I become 18, the day I was 18, uh, the day after I was 18, my birthday come on Sunday that year, on Monday I registered and I went down and passed the examination. 8th day of July, I got my call for examination. went down past, and 8th day of August, got my call for service. And uh, a minister's out here, and I had a big tomato crop out, about 10 acres of tomatoes, and uh, me and the family did. We had to have something to live on. And uh, But anyway, there's a minister out there. He said, this boy... They had to take care of his mother and these children. Mm. And uh, so he wrote, uh, I got deferred until, uh, I, see. until October the 15th. And uh, in other words, so the crop was over. Yeah. Then uh, I still got my 1A classification. But the war was over at that time.
2: Oh, wow. So yeah. you just barely missed it. I just barely missed so it. So what year would that have been? 1944? Well, let's see. It'd been uh, 47, Well, I can't do the math. Either. 47, I believe, or something Okay, like that. Okay, okay. That would have been Seven, when World War II was 47, right, up. somewhere along there. Yeah. I'll be darned. 46. It's over in 46, the war was. Wow. So you uh, would have gone if the war would have... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the boys that I went to school with, some of them, they was
1: in there. They went to Germany.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll be darn. Yep. Wow. So... So what it so you logged up until how old were you? Well you grew to you grew tomatoes, you did some farming, you had some cattle. Well, I, like,
1: well I, I couldn't work in timber. That was the main line up till years and years later. Yeah. But anyway I went and uh me and my brother we uh that he never did have to go to war. And uh, so uh but he me and him went and cut timber. And logged it. I yeah. hauled it I hauled it on a wagon. Yeah. And uh he, he skidded he it out and I went and hauled it. Mm. And dumped it off at the mill. Mm. And that was I forgot now what year that was. It was uh, about in the late forties anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now the Great Depression, you were just a kid during oh, the yeah. Great now I, I, these these hills weren't really I mean, they were affected by the Great Depression, but people were already poor. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't much you could do to somebody that was just living off the land, basically, when it comes to economic stress. Is that right? That's right, yeah. we (laughs) lived off the
1: land. Yeah. In 1936, that was a dry year, you know.
4: Okay. And uh,
1: we had a tomato crop, and we hauled water and set them out, and they got up, and just the blooming and everything— turned off dry, we never got a tomato mm. in 1936.
2: Wow. And, uh, that was hard to take. Yeah. But anyway,
1: <laughs> uh. I remember that well, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, we we worked in a timber, and, uh, you know, the people back then, they, they finally got uh, where they brought out food stamps and things, but we never got any. My dad just wouldn't have nothing to do
2: with that. Really, just by yeah. principle, that's, that's he right. didn't need any but help. We we made it.
1: We made it without it. We worked and then and made it.
2: Yeah. What would have been a normal meal for your family back then when you were a kid?
1: Oh, had plenty to eat. Yeah. Had
2: plenty to eat. Yeah. I mean, we had anything? That, yeah. Just about we? I guess just, you raised hogs and we canned hogs. vegetables. Yeah. Had, had a garden. I know you still have a garden, don't you?
1: Well, yeah.
2: Or... or yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, we made it fine. Well, Done good.
4: Yeah.
1: I had about 30 swarms of bees back during the war while you couldn't get sugar. There's, every, food is all rationed. You mm. couldn't buy nothing. Everybody's out of sugar, and I had bees, and we got to... You could get... To, for me to feed the bees, you know, because yeah. it used the, the honey some way or another in guns. Is that right? Powder, yeah. I don't know this what, but that's what I heard huh. anyway.
2: But so you were the, selling honey. Well, I didn't sell it, but we eat it. Okay, you just had it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had it, and we got plenty of sugar to feed the bees, and so we didn't have to run out of sugar. A lot of people never had no sugar, flour, anything. They couldn't give this so much huh you can huh. buy you can buy a truck tar or nothing
2: really, not a pair of shoes hardly wow yeah so now, what year did you get married forty nine okay okay now what's the what was the story? I remember with miss Mary she was from the town- ta- she was from in town is that right right yeah, and so she she didn't understand what it was like to be married to a country boy like you. Is that right? <laughs> Tell me the story about when—do you remember—I remember writing it about you uh, that uh, you went deer hunting. You told her you were when y'all were dating. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Tell me that story. Well,
1: uh, I went—when uh, deer season opened, well, I always go deer hunting, you know. And of course, I left her out of the picture. I always went ahead and hunted. But after I killed a deer, why, I, of course, I, when I got my
2: deer, why, I called her. And uh, so that's kind of the way that went. It, but but she was, she won, you wondered why he never called you. Is that right? A week. <laughs> <laughs> so So you thought maybe something was up, but he was just hunting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd walk 20, 25 miles a day. Hunt, wow. Hunting on blows. I hunted
1: blows and. Roughest places it was. Yeah.
2: yeah. So tell me now. I I, I want to start talking to you about hunting. What are your earliest memories of hunting? I mean, did you hunt when you were a little kid? Did your dad?
1: Oh yeah, man. Uh, my brother liked during the war. You know, uh they wasn't no money much. Cross ties are selling twenty five and thirty and thirty five cents a piece, mm. and uh, you just couldn't make much. Of, and the timber, so uh, at when the season opened, while well, we'd go hunting, we'd make more hunting, catching possums and coons, and we'd even skin a skunk, mm. anything that uh, we could get a dollar out Selling
2: of. Selling the hides. Selling the hides, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So you had tree dogs?
1: Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: What kind of dogs did you have? Do you remember? Well, there's hounds mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you were making money selling hides back during that time, Well making the, more than you could make at the sawmill. Right, right. I'll be darn. Yep. You know, I, I've actually mentioned that on this podcast before because we've got we've got coon dogs, yep. and and part of the reason a coon dog is so culturally iconic is because of back there was a time when you could make more money with if you had a good hound than you could at a day's work. Yep. I mean, yep. Yep, I'll be darned. Yep. So you did that as a kid. Went now. There weren't many deer though back when you were a kid. No deer at all. None at all. No, no, hardly ever. You never. I never seen a deer till I was
1: oh uh, sixteen. Okay. I never saw a deer till I was sixteen.
2: Wow, and no bears. No, I didn't. back, well, I mean, back they, in those days, there weren't many bears around. Well, here. there's a
1: few around earlier than my time.
4: Right.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: But uh I went, uh, I got my license. I think I still got my tag for about my first license.
2: Is that right? You still got it.
1: I did have got one of those early ones. Yeah. What year would it have been? 1916. No, yeah, 1916. Okay. Yeah. Now that not 1916. Yeah, yeah. Born in 1927. I mean uh 40 It'd be, uh, 40, yeah, 16, had been,
2: yeah, 43. Okay, you were 16 years old. Yeah. forty-three, nineteen forty-three. 1943. Okay, yeah, that right. makes sense. Yeah. So you started, when did you kill your first deer? Do you remember? Well, it was, uh, I was 17 when I killed my first deer. Okay, so in the 40s. Yeah. And then you started, so it, how would you describe these mountains, Mr. Ori? There's people listening to this that have never been to Arkansas. They've never even they might even think Arkansas is a flat place. Yeah. How would you describe these mountains? Well they're they're rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're beautiful.
4: Yeah.
1: And uh, I've never been nowhere else.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, far west has been is uh, Shamrock, Texas. Mm. And uh, far south there's been a uh, down around Warren, Arkansas, mm. and Fort North has been Kansas City.
4: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's four east of been well, which you'd have to go.
4: Little Rock. Yeah. Ventilator. Yeah. Well. Can you, well,
2: you had to do when you were nine? I, I told him
4: that a
1: while ago. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. You yeah. know, I would describe these mountains to – somebody that's not been here is they're real bluffy and i want to hear about the way that you hunted deer but a lot of limestone big limestone bluffs and rocky outcroppings i mean even driving here to your house today we stopped at a waterfall down here on the corner yeah and took a picture of a big waterfall coming off one of these bluffs and and uh, you know oak forest not many pines around here uh well not right through right here right but on this South off of us, sure, there is. There's more pines. Oh, yeah, right. Did, since you've been alive, have these mountains looked about like this? Or can you recall a time when they were, I mean, you know, like the vegetation, I mean. About the same. Okay. that uh, the same, yeah. So you're cutting. Only the,
1: there are more fields and there's not as many people lives in here now as there used to be.
2: Right. Yeah, there used to be a lot of homesteads in this national forest.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean,
2: you're you're touching national forest here, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Your property here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, on the north side. And, and uh, it. I am. Now, this place right here, was this homesteaded by some of your family?
1: No, I bought this from a fellow, Shawnee, Oklahoma.
2: Okay. So you bought this, but mm-hmm. your family homesteaded up on the mountain. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... You killed your first deer when you were seventeen in the mid forties, yeah. And then, how did tell? Describe to me, kind of how you learned to, how you started hunting these deer.
1: Well, I just it was since I was just a little boy, nine years old. Uh, when I was nine years old, uh, we lived up here on the mountain, and it's about two miles from where my aunt lived down here. She raised my dad and my uncle and two uncles, and uh, she raised them. But uh, her husband died in nineteen twenty eight. Mm. And uh but anyway well, we we my dad took care of her. And mm. so ever Sunday night well, I'd come down this about it's about two miles or a little over down to her and spend the night with her when I was nine years old. And uh I'd go back to the mountain in the next morning and and Monday morning I had to go to Bedford School which I'd be walking better than six miles, mm. and uh, but anyway, well, I'd done that for four years
4: till mm. Mm.
1: I was thirteen. She died in nineteen forty. Oh, okay, eleventh of May nineteen forty.
2: Mm. I remember it well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, y- you. Did you learn to hunt during that time? Oh, because that was yeah. what I'd ask you. Yeah. Like, how were you? Well, my dad, my dad, would send me down when
1: uh, one of my brothers was uh, fourteen. well, he bought him a twenty-two, and I uh, knew twenty-two sounds shot twenty-two. And anyway, why well, uh, we all used it, and uh, but anyway, I was just a little boy, and they'd send me down down here to check. Things down here, and uh, they'd let me take a gun so with you'd me. you'd hunt
2: all the way? I'd go down there, and I'd kill squirrel when I was
1: just with his oldest boy. Yeah. I had a gun with me,
2: killed a squirrel. Yeah, yeah. And then you started deer hunting, hunting these bluffs. You know, the story oh, yeah, that well, I wrote about you. It wasn't just
1: bluffs, it was everywhere, just about.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course,
1: they had a game refuge over here, they had, and uh, it, it stayed... We had to hunt around there. But you deer. couldn't
2: hunt there. You they were trying to reintroduce deer. That's right. In the 40s. Right. So they brought in some deer.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they brought them in. And they was getting where they kind of scattered out. Then they opened the season on it.
2: Yeah. 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 But you, uh, so I remember the, the story that I wrote about you years ago. Uh, I called it the bluff hunter. Yeah. I titled it that. Yeah. Because you used to like to. Stay on the top of these bluffs and you can kind of look down and see these flats. Yeah. And yeah. that's where these deer would be. But if you were up on the bluff, you'd kind of be hid from them. Is that right? Right, right. They can't smell you. You're mm-hmm. above them and they don't. Yeah. And you know, so that way well, you can get a. I've killed several laying down. Okay, so you would just creep along the top of the bluff and you'd see them bedded. Yeah, right. I'll be darned i remember you used to throw rocks off a of bluff too sometimes
1: yeah, sometimes you'd wake them up if you couldn't see why well, you would throw something down there to kind of make a noise so they're wondering what it was and maybe didn't move where you could see
2: them uh if there's any there yeah yeah <laughs> hey guys we want to take a short intermission here at the middle of the podcast And if you remember, Mr. Ori said that in 1936, his family got their first radio and that he loved listening to the original Carter family music and Bill Monroe's music. We're going to take a minute. We're going to listen to Cotton Eye Joe by Bill Monroe. This is for you, Mr. Ori.
5: I've been married forty years ago. If I hadn't been knocked need cotton Eye Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, cotton Joe? Where, Where, Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, cotton I play. Hey, my did you know chicken in the bread pan scratching out dough? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? In a shoestring bow, play a little tune called from, come come Cotton Joe. Where, where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come <com> from, Cotton Joe? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Joe? Don't you remember? Don't you know? Daddy worked a man called Cotton Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did <laughs> you come from, from Cotton Joe? Where you did you come? from? Come from?
2: Go. From hey. <laughs> Even if you don't like bluegrass music, surely you enjoyed that in this context. Hey, we're going to jump back into the episode, and Mr. Ori's going to tell us about the big bucks that he killed in 1965. In 1965, uh, you killed two just big old deer, tremendous deer, non-typical deer. Yeah, right. Um, Do you recall the exact scenario of how you killed those deer? Yeah, yeah. Tell us that story.
1: Well, I was, uh, man, my boy, he was 14 years old. And we went uh, across Hurricane Creek over here and across on uh, Torch Rattlesnake Gap and down a point and and got down on the end of the point where uh, I left him on top of the hill. And I said, I'm going down yonder where them pines at and all them blows are at and uh, see if I can jump up something. And I was going climbing over a bluff and I scared four deer out of a bed down blow me, you know. Mm-hmm. They run off. And so I just eased on down the bluff and uh, got down and went on down and found their beds. Went right through by it. Went on down about uh, 65, 100, about 90 yards the other side of it. And uh, I heard a racket behind me. And I looked around and I saw this 28-point buck coming. Mm. Uh, all I could see is this, you could kill one without, I think, a
2: spike or. A he just needed horn. to have horns. I
1: could see them horns. And I saw he had enough horns that he's legal to shoot, so I couldn't see nothing but just uh, a spot between two trees. So I shot him in the flanks, mm. and I thought, well, I'll cripple him. And uh, so I shot him, and he come right through by me and run right about, I think it's 93 yards, and he fell dead right over
2: from me. I'll be darned. Yeah. What did you think when you walked up to him and started counting those points? Oh, boy. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: But I, I couldn't. Uh, I just left him there and went and got my boy. Yeah. And uh, we went and.
2: Is it this boy that's. Out here. Yep. yep. That's yep. loading hay for you right now. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
1: He's 14 years old.
2: Now, how'd you get him out of there? I know about well, where Well, we drug at.
1: him to the creek. On down the creek and tuck him up the creek, cause oh. we couldn't take him up back up the, the bluff where I'd come from. Oh, okay, No west doing to and, okay. and her car, her rig was sitting on top of the mountain, so uh, had to go back up there and get it. But yeah, anyway, uh, I went and we took him down the creek and tuck him up the creek and we run on to some hunters there and a the boy that uh, uh, he had a Volkswagen and uh, we put he took us. Back to our rigs and, mm. and hauled it up to where we could get it.
2: I'll be darned. Yeah, but and then we... you killed another one. Yeah. You killed another big one. Yeah. Now, yeah. was it a few years later? Or when when did you kill that? Two other? weeks later. Two weeks later. Two weeks later. Yeah. I'll be darn. Same area?
1: No, no. It was back north here.
2: Okay. It was up Frog Creek. Okay. Yeah, that was just an incredible season.
1: Yeah, yeah. That both in season.
2: Oh, well, I'd say it was just an incredible year for you. Oh, yeah. Killing oh, too. i yeah, I'd
1: never seen nothing like that.
2: So tell, what about this second deer? How uh, did that, that happen? Well, I was uh,
1: checking a man's cattle in, uh, up the creek here. and He's from Eagle Lake, Texas, and and I was taking care of his cattle up there. And I went up there, and of course, the deer seeing, you know, and I had my gun with me, and uh, so he had a big pond built there, and and I just—I don't remember. I was just what I was doing anyway. This deer was just up in the thicket there above that, running out through there. Huh. And I saw them big horns, and I started shooting. Shot, I shot—I think he's nine times at it.
2: <laughs> Whatever it takes. And the last shot, I shot, well, he fell right backwards. I'll he's be running fast. I'll be done.
1: He fell backwards. Yeah.
2: I'll be done.
1: He's—he's eighteen points.
2: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let me see here. I've got, I've got some specific questions here. Um. Well, I remember you telling me about some bear stories. Uh, not necessarily hunting the bears, but when you were walking up the road. Uh, I was. Uh, we go.
1: We go to Sunday school all the time, and and uh, I had a bypass. In uh, 91, wasn't it? Yeah. 91. And, uh, but anyway, I was supposed to walk 114 steps a minute. and so But we'd come mm-hmm. back from Sunday school. I'd get out a mile above my house here and start walking the house. She'd come on. And she'd have my dinner ready when I got here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, I was coming down the road. I looked down the road in front of me. I saw something. That I thought it was one of my cows. Mm. And uh, so uh, I just kept walking and looking for another one because I had some more. And uh, I looked up again while I saw his bear. Well, I stopped in. I didn't know what to do. I just had that bypass, and uh, and I couldn't <laughs> climb a tree if I wanted to. Of course, it wouldn't have any if I had him. But <laughs> the, anyway, I, I told him, I said, you get out of there. He just standing on the road. He wouldn't move. Mm. And uh, I hollered and hollered at him, worked with him about 15 minutes, and mm. he wouldn't do a thing. He just stood there. And I mm. didn't know what to do. And But uh, the fellow over here at Ozone, he uh, used to come out here and sing at Bidwell out here where I go church, and he told one, put him up a tree. He said, act as brave as you can. Mm. So I just thought, well, I'll, I'll just see what I can do. I just made four or five steps towards him, and when he did, he just turned his head around like he's going to have to move. Then he straightened back up. I thought, well, what'll I do now?
2: (laughs) So uh, So you kind of bluff-charged him a little bit. Oh, I bluffed him, yeah. And And it didn't uh, work. it, It
1: didn't work that time, but I worked with him again, hollered at him and everything else, and he wouldn't move, and so I started again. I said, you get out of there. And so I did that. Well, he went around. And I thought he went up the holler, but uh, i give him a little time to get up the holler. I could hear something, making a noise, branches up, is in June. Branches up and running, making noise, and and uh, he he went up out of my side, and so that's all I know. I thought mm. he went on up the holler. yeah. But uh, I gave him time, so I eased on down the road watching for him. I looked, just about the time I got even with him, he was sitting there about 20 steps on me.
2: I'll be darned. He just went Smack. off the road and just sat there. Sit so there smacking his mouth at me. Oh, he was popping his teeth yeah. at you. And he was a big one. He was like you talk about, isn't it? Yeah. He, he had a big one. Big, big bear. Big bear. Yeah, I believe he'd 600 pounds. Wow. Wow. I thought he would. Yeah, he probably did. My eyes may have been a little big, but
1: <laughs> I thought he would. He was a big one.
2: Now, do you remember— So the story of the Arkansas black bear is that we did, we had, I mean, we had black bear forever. Yeah. And then in the, you know, they said between by 1940, and this is just a, I think kind of an arbitrary date by 1940, there were no bears left over in this part of Arkansas. That's what they said. Right. And then they started bringing them back in between 1954 and 1964. They traded bass and wild Turkey with some States up North and up Canadian province, and we're bringing bears back in here, and and turning them loose. Um, do you remember? Was there any talk of that? Or I mean, do you remember? I don't remember much about it back then. You know what? I don't. When did you start seeing bears? Because I mean, you're in some big time bear country. I mean, like for Arkansas, like this is as about as good a bear country as there is. Well, I never, I
1: never seen no bear around through here until. Oh, uh, it was. See, we was building Shores Lake. Over, I forgot now what year. in '54. Okay. In '54, well, we saw one. We was going over our full daylight, and it, one run across the road. I believe that's the first bear.
2: Is that right? so? Nineteen fifty-four, you saw a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that would have either had to have been one of the bears they turned loose, because that's when they started the reintroduction. Yeah was in 1954 or it could have been and see here's the deal that i keep going back to is that i believe that there were still bears over in this part of the world they said they were extirpated that means that they were like just a region of this yeah they were extinct out of this region Mm -hmm. um because my 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 wife's grandfather he lived down in the Washitaws down around Mina, yeah. and in the 1930s, he killed a bear with a rock. Yeah. Well, he was he was just a boy. He was walking down a road and saw just a little bear cub. I mean, it it wasn't much more than a bear cub. Saw a bear cub run across the road, and it he chased it up a tree. And you know, he's just a probably a 12 year old kid. Started chunking rocks at it and ended up killing this bear. And he was petrified that he had broken the law, you know, and uh, but there weren't supposed to be any bears in that part of the world yeah. in the 1930s, and so anyway, but supposedly there weren't any. But so you saw your first one in 1954. 54, yeah. Oh, I'll be darned. Thought, you remember dates really well, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I can remember about anything I ever
2: could. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. good for 91. That's real good. Yeah. I can hear good, too. Yeah. And see good. Well, you're doing good, then. Yeah. I'll be darn. I got a troubled old hip. Troubled hip. Yeah. yeah. From climbing all those bluffs, I guess. Uh, too, many <laughs> <steps>. <laughs> too many steps. Too many steps. Well, so, so you saw a bear in 54. Yeah. And then would you say that bear activity has increased around here over the years it has since that time yep yeah slow but it's increased
1: we didn't have any back in here around where i'm at here for until the last six seven eight year.
2: okay
1: i've okay. never i've never seen any back in here.
2: yeah and you're you're what you're describing is i mean you're kind of like in i mean you've got cleared land and kind of farm country here yeah and uh and so you probably wouldn't see bears in your day to day activity, but they've been close to you for a lot longer than that. About in the mountains, oh, oh you know. yeah, they've
1: been around, no doubt. But yeah, you know, there's.
2: But, you, did, you didn't see. They never bothered you much. I mean, you never really had trouble with them. No, Maybe a few over the years.
1: Th- this last fall, uh, there was two stayed right here, quite a bit out here. The different one saw them right here in my field.
2: Oh okay,
1: okay. And, uh, I saw him out here one day. Huh. So I was on my four-wheeler, and, and uh, was talking to a fellow I've been sitting there and talking to him about 15 minutes, and, and, uh, I was asking if he saw any deer much out around him, and he lived further on out the mountain. He said, well, not all that many, but we we'll see some occasionally, you know. Yeah. And I said, well, what about bear? And he said, well, ain't seen no bear yet. Right. But, uh. Anyway, well, we he's just sitting there. We're sitting there talking. He's at
2: right on us, too, right now.
1: I'll we're be darned. Right there, right close to us.
2: I'll be darned. They weigh about 200 pounds apiece. Wow. Yeah. We were just talking before we started recording that the state record Arkansas bear came from not far from right here. You know, yeah. Chad's bear. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some big bears back in here. No, old bears. Oh, I,
1: oh yeah yeah there's one uh had a young deer out here uh, one of my neighbors up here is seen right? it seen it uh he's had it in his mouth is that right
2: yeah like a fawn deer yeah. fawn yeah oh, i'll be darned yeah you hear about black bear predation on fawns but yeah rarely do you actually see it i've i've never I've seen, seen my anything cattle like
1: tubs and thank my boy he went up here to
2: check on my cows and uh,
1: there's one up are eating out of one of them tubs.
2: Oh really? Yeah. Yeah they'll they like that stuff, don't oh, they? Oh yeah, yeah. Huh.
1: They'll they're just a Zealand.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah they are. When was a uh, when did you last hunt like when you is uh, it been a few years since you've hunted well, I guess uh, what two year ago? Yeah two years ago two year ago my last hunt was uh I didn't hunt. But anyway I killed two deer. Okay, you got some for the pot, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, probably right here close. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. That's I don't know good. Where
1: to put it on this or not?
2: Well, hey, there's nothing wrong with killing a deer close to your house.
1: Yeah, yeah but I don't know where from where it's at.
2: <laughs> well, that's good. It wasn't on the road. Right. Right. It wasn't on the road. Yeah, I can tell you about it directly. <laughs> well, you got to get got to get some meat. Got to get yeah. some meat.
1: Well, they're handy why, why not?
2: Yeah. 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 Now Miss Mary, do you uh do you like cooking deer meat? I love deer meat. Yeah. i take it over there I mean, yeah, over bear. Let me uh can I I'd like to talk to you for a minute on on this microphone. Do you have some Let me uh let me get you set up. Is that okay? yeah let me see here yeah just put that on you should be able to hear just fine there we go there you go can you hear me can you hear me good yeah okay so so you you like cooking deer meat
3: i love deer meat and i love cooking it because we love deer meat
2: yeah yeah
3: and uh but now raw i mean like deer roast. Mm-hmm. it does have a smell if when you're roasting it you know but right. i learned that you could put green peppers or onions something else with it and when somebody walks in they'll smell that smell the pepper right. cooking and it kind of camouflages this because after the deer is cooked they don't have that we right. never have had a deer that had a real wild taste yeah. i mean we like we like it you know
2: yeah yeah what's and, your favorite way to cook deer meat
3: well, I prefer the steak myself, and he likes the hamburger. Of course, I'm getting more okay. to hamburger because you can make chili, meatloaf. There's so many things you can make with ground meat that you right. can't do with steak, but I like steak, too. Now, how but do you
2: cook your steak? Like on a I grill always,
3: or? I always beat it to okay. make it real uh, tender, you know, tender. tenderize it. And then I dip it in flour, and then an egg and milk, mm-hmm. egg with milk mixed in it, and All then right. back in the flour.
2: Okay, double batter it, mm-hmm. yes. And then fry
3: it until it's crisp and, you know, and if it's a young deer, you can cook it in about five minutes on each side, but you have to really watch it because if it's, ten- if it's not tender, it's the toughest stuff. It'll be tough. <laughs> I have cooked roast before and it'd be too tough and he'd say, I can't eat it. i just turn around and put it back in my pressure cooker. Yeah. And cook it a little longer and then it would get, because I like meat to just. Might say fall off the bone,
2: and if it does,
3: then it's tender.
2: How how thick do you cut your steaks? He cut.
3: We always cut our own. Well, we have had some dressed out, but he usually cuts his own steak, and I don't like it cooked. Cut about not more than really a quarter of an inch thick, which isn't very thick, but I like it because I want it tender, and I get more steak. Yeah, yeah. If you cut a lot of people like them an inch thick or something like that, but I don't. I don't, because it's too tough, but I beat it anyway because it makes it more tender. Right. And then, and of course, if you take a piece of meat, when you beat it, it makes it get a little bigger. And you'd even take chicken breast and do that. His daughter told me that secret. You can take a chicken breast and beat it and it'll make it a lot bigger and it's thinner and it'll cook quicker.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And so
3: I, if I've got time, I like to do that to chicken breast. Anything yeah. that you have, if you beat it, yeah. it will tenderize it.
2: Now, have you, do you ever cook any other kind of wild game?
3: Yeah, I have kicked some bear meat before. Okay. And that is
2: really wild tasting. Okay, you weren't too impressed with the bear meat, huh?
3: And No, I didn't care. And I'll tell you this, because my brother, he, he didn't know it. But they come up here, and he had a son that loved uh, hog meat. Mm. And I fried hog meat. He'd beg me. He'd say, Aunt Mary, please cook me. And his daddy would get on to him his mama, too. I said, that's fine. I'd rather cook what he likes. I'd cook one day. They was coming. So I cooked some deer steak. I put it on one end of the platter, and I cooked some of this hog meat meat. what do you call this? It? the shoulder meat, it's fried yeah. meat. He loved it. Yeah. I've cooked a lot of that. And I cooked some bear meat and put it down here. And, mm. of course, they didn't know that I had bear. <laughs> and you know what they cleaned up first of all? The bear.
2: The bear. I'll be darned.
3: And they still, he to this day don't know that he ate bear meat. He wouldn't <laughs> believe me if I told him today. This wasn't too long back. They killed a bear, and her uh, son-in-law barbecued it. And I'll have to say that you wouldn't know it was bear meat if you wasn't told it was bear right, meat.
6: Right, Because with
3: that barbecue sauce on it, it changed the taste entirely. And we all stopped by after church one Sunday night and had sandwiches out of that barbecued bear meat. And it was good. It was good. It was good. And we uh, every Christmas, my family, my mother's family, no, my dad's family would get together. And we had a, I had a one of my cousins would take a deer and he would cook just a young deer uh-huh. and put it on it like a smoker and uh-huh. smoke the whole thing yeah. and bring that to our dinner. Now, it was good meat, mm. smoked. I wish I had a smoker, but I'd probably burn it up trying to smoke it. But <laughs> it would be good. I mean, smoked uh, meat is really good.
2: Yes, yes.
3: And deer meat would be really good smoked if you, you know, knew the technique you know, right. for doing it and a lot of people makes deer jerky out of it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but uh, i may if he ever kills another one i may try just a little bit i've got a one of them dehydrators but, yeah yeah
2: now uh, did you have a big garden miss mary were you the gardener i remember no. last time i was here you probably don't remember it but you you were cooking uh, sweet corn yeah and you sent me home with a cooked ear of sweet corn Mm-hmm. Me and my daughter. I remember that. You had it in foil. You were cooking it somehow. But do you, do you have a garden out here usually?
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. So you raised you raise some corn. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And we put it. Uh, well, in fact, we practically done the whole patch in one day because he didn't know it was ready. And he mm-hmm. went down there and said, I tell you, this was Saturday, wasn't it? And I said, you can't be telling me through he said, Well it's ready. He said, I'm afraid it won't keep till Monday. I said, Well mm. we'll just have to stay up tonight and get it Yeah. Stay you know, cooked out. So we cooked it out and I lined it out on my table to cool and left it out all night with under fans for it to cool out and I got up real early the next morning and wrapped it all up in tinfoil so we could put it away.
2: Oh, so you f- you cook it and then freeze it in tinfoil? And I then how it, do you reheat it?
3: I cook it for five minutes when it gets to a boil. I let my water get to a boil and okay. I put the corn in and when it's boiling real good I time it for five minutes. I take it out, put it run it through just tap water to kinda chill it. Yeah. And then I put it in ice water and leave it till it kinda chills down. Then I put it out to drain. And then I just stack it out on the table and let it lay let it there until it gets cold enough yeah. that I know it's not you know, the cob, because it'll be cold out here, but if you're not careful, the cob will still be hot, okay. and then it will spoil. So you have mm. to, so that's the reason I put I put it on fans. What We used to, when I had a coffee table in here, I'd put a sheet on the coffee table. We'd turn the air conditioner on and put the corn all on the table yeah. here, and it'd cool out just fine.
2: And then now you, so then you'd freeze it, and then you'd pull it out of the freezer and just heat it up?
3: Yeah, I would just take it out, put it back and in water, it, and just eat like it, just like corn on the cob. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay, so you didn't even have to, you didn't even have to cook it. You just kind of had to heat it up. Had some last night for supper. I'll be darned.
3: Our Ms. grandson Mer- and our son both. If he comes in, if he's not hungry, if you better not mention corn, because he says, "If I'm not hungry, I can eat corn," and he'll <laughs> go get him a roast in here.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he says, "Don't blame corn, because I don't need it, but he want to have a roast yeah. in here." But everybody loves—and we has a boy here one time, my daughter, was telling him, said, can you eat corn on the cob? Yeah. She got an argument with him. She said, no, you can't eat corn on the cob. I know I can. I'll have mama to cook some you. are going to show me you can eat corn on the cob. He ate that corn. She said, you didn't eat that corn on the cob. I did do it. She said, you did not. You ate the corn off that cob. <laughs> and oh, he got so mad because he saw he, she had him over a barrel. Yeah, but he yeah. could eat corn on the cob.
2: <laughs> I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> Miss Mary, do you have any good stories about Mr. Ori and his uh, hunting or anything that he hadn't, that he hadn't said?
3: Well, I remember. Not to
2: embarrass him. I but. remember
3: one time we had uh, two of the grandchildren here, and I got up early because he gets up early if he goes hunting. And I got up early and got him off hunting. And it wasn't, in fact, I don't think we we hadn't even got up yet. And he come in. He said, y'all's got to get ready. You've got to go help me. And I said, oh, mm-hmm. no, he's got a deer. And so we took the four-wheeler. Took the two grandkids and down in the holler we went. He's want us to find it, see it, mm. and we got down there. And then we had to load that on the four wheel. <laughs> and those grandkids had a blast. They got to help Grandpa bring him in a deer, mm. and then we brought that deer up here. And I remember that was a real exciting time. And then we had another grandson up here. He had went up here to check his cows, and luckily he found a deer. So he come home and said, y'all's got to go help me. Well, I knew immediately what he had done. So we took this little feller up there, and we went up in the woods. He wanted him to find it. He kind of pointed it to me where it was at. He mm-hmm. wanted to see if he could find it. He kept telling him, he said, Ethan, look around. I said, that deer's got to be here somewhere. And, of course, he knew all the time where it was. And you ought to saw that little feller helping us drag that out. He was <laughs> thought he was really doing something. We put him in front, and me and him was behind, you know, kind mm-hmm. of dragging it. But mm-hmm. he really was helping and get that deer out yeah, of the woods.
2: That's a lot of fun. Oh, Miss Mary it is. How how old are you? Do you mind me asking you that? I'm
3: seventy nine. Okay. Approaching okay. 80 we'll be next month.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: His daughter and I have the same birthday.
4: Oh, okay. Okay.
3: And my daughter, I'm I'm twenty years older than his daughter, and I'm thirty years older than my daughter. And my grandson is got married this year and we're expecting our first great grandbaby okay from my daughter's family uh, okay this month okay. The, about the ninth, so i'm just I'll counting the days down yeah so i'm really excited about that that'll make us nine great-grandchildren
2: nine great-grandchildren okay okay um okay we talked about your big bucks we talked about your bear story we talked about growing up in the ozarks talked about your first introductions to hunting um, you told me about a little bit about your childhood. What would you say? What are your most i mean you you 've really never you 've never known much than the life that you 've lived out here and and the reason that i 'm here is because i don't think you probably even' realize how unique it is the way that you have lived in today 's world I mean just like like you said there 's thank you like you said, people don't live out here anymore. There used to be more people that lived out here. Oh, yeah. And and most people end up migrating into the city. What made you want to stay out here and just keep the lifestyle that you have lived?
1: I never did go nowhere else. uh one thing, I, I took care of my mother here for uh, uh, 24 years.
2: Okay, so she was up here. She
1: was here with me. For yeah. twenty four years and her home was right up here she's raised and yeah. And she'd never hardly been nowhere else.
2: Yeah. 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 So you just you just never had a reason to leave? No reason to leave, huh? No reason to leave. I made a living here and I uh, No plans to leave now?
1: No,
4: no. <laughs> <laughs> this club. Does,
2: does your boy that's right. Does your boy uh live out here close? He lives Winslow. Okay. He's a
1: pastor in church out here at Bidwell.
2: Okay, he's pastoring the church out there. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you think of any other unique stories about your life that you'd like to share? Well,
1: tell him about
2: hunting. He shot the water. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, man, my brother we was a- hunting one night. Dog treed. And we went and, uh, up there and he a treed up under a rock. And we went mm. and built up a fire and smoked the coon out and caught it. Hmm. And his dog wasn't there. So we wondered where he was at. He didn't ever show up. And so, no, about 30, 40 minutes while he, we heard him barking way on top of the mountain. Mm. And so we went up there. And, uh, and uh, so uh, we got to, <laughs> we went up there, and there's two coons up a tree. Mm. And uh, so we got both of them come back over the hill, come back down there and whizzed coming up that he always steep and uh, he looked down there and he said there's a light down yonder I said I wonder who in the world that is and I said, don't know what they're up to so he <laughs> he said uh, he said you stay right here and keep these coons and things I said I'm going down here and see And so he went down pretty close and I heard him talking and uh, he <laughs> he said if you don't tell who you are they never would answer him, you know. So if you don't tell who you are, I'm going to shoot your light out. <laughs> so directly, he, kapow, he took, and he, he shot in the water. He was just right there.
2: I'll be darned. <laughs> I thought that was one of them. So he was, he was seeing the reflection of his own light. No, it was star shining in it the star shining down in the man in the light and hey that's some that's some old school coon hunting right there yeah (laughs) somebody won't tell you who they are you're gonna shoot their light out yeah (laughs) you know i guess back in those days i mean you just didn't see people i mean it was probably really odd that you felt like you saw a light you hardly ever
1: you you wasn't right like i said you i wouldn't think about sending this boy down this holler here now bar like there are people like they are yeah no way yeah. no
2: yeah. no way no wow that's a that's a unique story yeah yeah you
1: wouldn't think about a child being out now you, you better keep your eye on them all the time
4: yeah yeah
1: they're they're doing away with them across the border and everything
4: yeah. else yeah
1: Hundreds of them
4: yeah. We don't
2: hear about it a lot, but they
4: are. Uh, yeah.
2: That was a good story, Miss Mary. Can you think of Can you think of any other unique stories, just about your whole life, not even about hunting? Uh, oh, well,
1: well, after I quit growing, after I quit saw melon, well, I started growing chickens. And I grow chickens for 43 years.
4: Mm,
2: yep. Just right here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah,
1: I never moved off right here, stayed right here.
2: Yeah. Forty-three years. Forty-three years. Well, I want you to, I'd like to see your old mule harnesses uh, before I leave today.
1: Well, I've got, I got one uh, harness up here is all i got left.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Some of it, I don't remember this what.
2: Right. Yeah. The operation of the deer in the hay field? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was mowing hay, and I cut a little deer's foot off. And and uh, I called her to come and get it because I know that, you know, it, it, they never make it with a leg off. Right. This little baby that way. So we right down we, we
4: re-raised
2: it. Okay.
4: Yeah.
1: So
2: you had a pet deer for? Oh,
1: I, I had two. Two or three pet deer.
2: Yeah, had three. Ah, at different times. Yeah, yeah. I had
1: a buck, kept him here
2: about eleven years. Mm. Yeah, Mm. did he get very big? Did he get big horns? Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) big horns. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. You know, we had a pet deer too. Uh, Just, just like three years ago, it became illegal in Arkansas to have captive wild caught deer but for years it was totally fine it was all right yeah yeah and i had we had three different deer that we raised that the kids i mean their childhood is has memories of them having those deer that we raised and that was really neat but well hey we've been talking for an hour that's good that's about how long i wanted to talk with you yeah okay but my it's thank you for letting me come out here
1: well, wow, you're just welcome as can be. I, I could tell you a lot of stories.
2: Well, don't <laughs> hold them back if you got one. But no, I, 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 there's not a lot of people that that are still around that grew up and live the way that you did. And and uh, I knew you were a good hunter. Mo Shepherd is the one that introduced me to you years ago, and and uh, I knew you were a good hunter and loved hunting. And and that's that's what this podcast is about. Is yeah, that, you know we're this is a hunting podcast, and and uh, so I always like to go hear stories of, of the way things used to work, and uh, it's always really interesting. You yeah. know, because today, th- today we have more bear, more deer, more wildlife than we've had in recorded yeah. history, really, right, yeah. and it's pretty amazing because it's 2019, the modern world is exploding and population growth and and wild places are shrinking you know as people move out just we're making more room for more people right you know there's less and less wild places and uh that's what to me is so unique about the ozarks is that we've got all this national forest which will forever be in public hands and not be or we at least we hope will not be Changed from just its native state, like it is right now. Right. And uh, anyway, it's it's pretty neat that wildlife conservation has come as far as it has. You know, even talking to you from the 1930s and 40s, when there weren't deer, there weren't bear, there weren't wild turkeys. I mean, it was like that was kind of like a wildlife desert. I mean, if you look at it in a just like as a chunk of time, that was a tough time to be. I mean, for wildlife, yeah, right. tough time. Uh, and then now, there's, heck, there's deer. I'm surprised we didn't see a deer in your yard when we pulled up. I mean, there's a lot of game around.
1: Oh yeah, uh, t- uh, way back yonder, I don't know. Well, it's back in the early '30s, I'll say, or before that, uh, they had,
2: they had deer here. Okay, so there were some.
1: Yeah, they was some here because I've heard, I heard my mother talk about. It. Uh her sister's husband, a uh, killing deer, okay, yeah, way back yonder,
4: yeah, yeah. and bar too, okay, yeah, but there was not buyer
1: like they, they wasn't as many like there are now, but they was, right. there's a few run across, yeah, yeah, of course, now they just lived on little spots here and yonder when I went to school at Bedfly here, like they was eighty seven children,
2: mm. now it's just
1: consolidated,
2: moved yeah. out. Oh, wow. So there were 87 kids back yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah. school was cool. They just Heck, there's probably not five kids that live back here now, is there? Maybe well, more than that. They don't even
1: run a bus out here anymore.
2: No really? Right. Wow. People just don't live here anymore, do they?
1: Well, there's some live out there, but they quit raising children.
2: Yeah. No yeah. families. Yeah. But yeah.
1: everybody back then had good big families.
2: Yeah. yeah. But now, you're you're closest, like, where do you do your shopping? You're, uh, you go into Fayetteville and West Fork? Yeah,
1: Fayetteville, West Fork, and Mountainburg.
2: Okay. So now, you're about 30, 40 minutes. How far a drive?
1: Yeah, to West Fork, about 40 minutes.
2: About 40 minutes.
1: Yeah. Of course, they got a dollar store now at Winslow.
2: Yeah. yeah. You can get a few things there, huh? Yeah.
1: And at Mount, Mountainburg down here, too.
2: Yeah course, my
1: children, they all went to school
2: Mountain Bird. Went to, went to school Mountainburg. Mountain bird. Yeah. Okay. The reason we have to go so far, we can't get bananas at Mountain Bird. No bananas at Mountain Bird. No. Well, well yeah. hey, thanks so much for having us out here. And uh, I'll just close down the podcast. Closing comment. Do you have a closing comment you want to say to all these hunters that are listening to this, Mr. Ori?
1: Well, i like to, I, I like to see a hunter that is honest and won't violate the law hmm um mm-hmm. i i, I by it pretty close i don't I won't hardly ever kill a doe deer, yeah, cause that's the population of her
4: herd right, right. I just don't
1: I just don't do that i know i I don't hunt on sunday okay i never i just don't never hunt a day in my life on sunday
2: mm yep
1: no my I was taught against it
2: thanks for listening to the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast and keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll try to do that, but then bear, I don't like to get around too close to me. <laughs> I've yep. never killed one. I'll we got to
2: keep them thin down. That's why we got to hunt them a little bit. I've never good. shot at one.
1: Let me tell you this and for you. You close up. I was around here putting out nitrate. i got 40 acres back around the hill here. And uh, I started working and got... I just got through putting a ton of nitrate out and uh, scattering it behind my tractor in a seed sower. And uh, I was shaking the last three sacks out to pour in my spreader. And uh, I looked down the lower side of the field and I saw a big old scimitar something down there. Mm.
2: I thought it was
1: one of my neighbor's bulls.
2: Right, scimitar bull. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I got looking at it and I, no, I didn't either. And I got looking, there's a buyer, a big old 7,000 buyer. And mm. I believe he'd have weighed 650, pounds. Wow. Uh, he was a monster. Mm. And he stood away up high as ceiling here. He was a big one. Mm. But he he sat there, or standing there, and he'd take that paw, I got to watch it, and eating that hop clover. I'll be darned. I didn't know what to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah. But they'd do that. I'll be darned. But
1: I I started about 40 yards of him.
2: Mm. He just big one, big yeah. red colored yeah. cinnamon
1: bear. Yeah, yeah. That's that's 90, 91 I guess it was ninety one. That was yeah. i oh, will be darn. But he he was a big. I don't know anybody ever killed him or not. Mm. I just don't know.
2: They live about thirty years, you know. Or, yeah, or older. Yeah. yeah, they can live a long time. Yeah, a lot longer than a deer.
1: Yeah, I sure appreciate you coming down and talking to me. And,
2: My and pleasure. Maybe somebody will get
1: a kick out of this old country boys.
2: <laughs> I think they will. Yeah. I think they will.
6: Sweet chariots coming for to carry me home. Sweet low. sweet chariots coming for to carry me home. I looked over Jordan And what did I see Coming forth to carry me home A band of angels Are coming after me Coming forth to carry me home Swing low. Coming for to carry me home, sweet low, sweet cherry. Coming for to carry me home. If you get there before I you. Coming for to carry me home to my friends. I'm coming to coming for to carry me home. Carry me home, sweet, low, sweet cherry Coming for to carry me home, sweet, low, sweet cherry Coming for to carry me home. Sweet love, sweet
0: You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with Interstate Batteries.